Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Tune Machine. I am Andy Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney. So what? Uh, it's another Tune Machine episode where we go through the top 40 of a randomly chosen week through history um, chosen for us by the pop blob uh, which generates random dates um, and we need to go across and ask it now which date it's chosen for us random blob do your job no random blob open your gob tell Tell us us how how to to do do our our job job. I think that's what it is 28th of February 1988 Mm. Now, that's disappointing. That's disappointing to me because the one we did before was the 18th of February 1987, so it's a year and 10 days after the last it, one we it did. It was my dad's 47th birthday. That's how that I remembered it so clearly. One. Yeah. And this was a year and 10 days later, which mm. we, we genuinely do generate these dates randomly, and we would... Rather, when we've got so many dates that we could choose from, do slightly more eclectic. So, yeah, you should not. It's worth us saying on record we have not contrived this and we wouldn't, but we have to obey the blob. We obviously. have to obey the blob at all times. I'm not happy about it, but I'll get on with it. Obey it the might blob. just be a 23 minute episode. Obey the blob. Obey the blob. It overheard us chatting and discussing that we would like generate a different. Did mm. and it did just say that to us, did it? Just it just really the room oh, went dark. The blob. And if we say, nah, what's he gonna do? He's only Back a fucking blob. He's only a blob. What's he gonna fucking do? He can't even fight us, he ain't got any hands, a stupid blob. And then all of a sudden, halfway through saying it, we both feel as if our brains are being contracted in a massive vice and our heads yeah. are being squeezed yeah. and our eyeballs and we go bright red and our fucking Veins start to pop out of our temples and our eyes start to bulge out. We go, oh, blob. The blob. Oh, the blob. Oh, blob. Oh, blob. Okay, I'll play the fucking blob. We'll do the chart. We'll do fucking 1988. All right. <laughs> Jesus. Fucking, I wish I'd never got involved in this rotten blob. <laughs> I wish we'd never fucking got involved with the cunt. We could have done it without him, but now we're stuck with him. <laughs> 
I could have just used random fucking random number generator on Google. We could have used a dice. (laughs) (laughs) But there we are. And we're going to start off by doing the top 40 rundown, Sam. Let's do it. And can I just say, if it doesn't say new next to the number, it's a chart entry. You've got to get this right. Oh, so it's not new, but it's a chart entry, right? Yeah, if it goes into the top 40 from out of the top 40, it's a chart entry and not a new entry. Here we go. (laughs) Am I making too much of that, do you think? Bruno Brooks. (laughs) (laughs) Here we go. It's a chart entry at number 40. It's Africa Bombata and Family. Reckless, featuring UB40. There's a lot going on there. Fucking hell. Uh, number thir- uh, down seven places at 39. Dignity from Deacon Blue. A chart entry at 38. It's Eighth Wonder. I mean, that's just Patsy Kendrick with some fellas. And I'm not scared. Don't turn around. Plead Aswad at 37. In at 36 is a chart entry for the Communards for a friend. At 35, it's a new entry from Heart with Never Slash These Dreams. Sliding down to 34, it's that bald temptress Sinead O'Connor with Mandinka. <laughs> it's a chart entry at 33 from those lads in Aztec camera with how men are. Always leaving the toilet seat up, farting in front of the telly. You know how men are. Cutting their toenails while they're doing the pools. Uh, chart entry at 32, Johnny hates jazz, heart of gold. I do too, Johnny. I mean, it's got no tune, and many of them don't even have lyrics. (laughs) Thanks, Uh, Johnny. (laughs) You say what the rest of us only dare to think. (laughs) Down from 26 at 31, never knew love like this featuring Sherelle from Alexandra O'Neill featuring Sherelle. (laughs) Down 5 at 30, George Harrison, when we was fab. I think it should be when we were fab, actually, George. You might want to check that with your record company bosses. Yeah, you might have been in the Beatles, but perhaps you should have spent more time working on your literacy, mate. At 29, up from 33, people are strange from Echo and the Bunnyman. And isn't that true, mate? They really are strange. I just can't get a handle on them, mate. I found my neighbour masturbating in his garden shed last week. And I said to him, mate, that's just strange. That's just strange. <laughs> Please don't do it. Do it in the airing cupboard like everyone else. John Henry at 28, Taja Savelle, love is contagious. <laughs> at 27, down from 18, it's the Jack that house built by Jack and Chill. <laughs> One too many da- puns in all of that for my liking, but <laughs> that's just me. Yeah. Down at 26, it's Debbie Gibson and Shake Your Love. I'm not sure how old she is, so I won't comment further. <laughs> At 25, it's Michael Jacko Jackson with Man in the Mirror. Bloody hell. I bet he gets a fright whenever he looks at the man in the mirror. He doesn't care how old they are, does he? From what I've heard. (laughs) Uh, Down at 24, it's T-Pow and Valentine. At 23, it's Candle in the Wind live from Elton John. I'm sure that's the last one we're hearing of that song. (laughs) Uh, Still at number 22, was, not was, Spy in the House of Love, 1988. At 21, down at 10 places. When will I be famous? Asked Ross. You already are, guys. You got to number two with that one. <laughs> In at number 20, brand new entry for Eurasia and Ship of Fools. At 19, it's Good Groove from Derek B. Tumbling down to 18 from 12, it's the Mission and Tower of Strength. 
At, at number 17, Belinda Carlisle is complaining, I get weak. Hmm. So do I love when I look at you cavorting in your pop videos. Could be a thyroid condition. You might want to get that checked out. <laughs> Up eight places. A lot of six- women suffer from iron deficiency, especially around the time of menstruation each month. You might want to get it checked out. You can just take a supplement. <laughs> if you have a if you're the sort of lady that has a particularly heavy period, it's more likely to be an issue. <laughs> My ex wife had that, it was a, it was horrible. I'll say I'll say it was a contributory factor to our divorce. Actually, <laughs> that's another story. Looking and another back, song. <laughs> up eight places at sixteen. Mel and Kim. That's the way it is. At number fifteen, Crash from the Primitives. Up five at fourteen. Eddie Cochran. Come on, everybody. Nineteen eighty-eight. Number thirteen, Dominion by the Sisters of Mercy. Up eight at twelve. It's the Bangles. Hazy shade of winter. At number 11, Jermaine Stewart asks us to say it again. At number 11, it's Jermaine Stewart asking us to say it again. Oh, See I... what I did there, mate? Oh. <laughs> Down five at ten, Tiffany. I think we're all alone now. <laughs> at number nine, up one place, Doctor in the House, Cold Cut, featuring Yaz and the Plastic Population. I bet you couldn't fit them all in a mini. Still at number eight, Eddie Grant. Give me hope, Joanna. Number seven, Jola Taxi by lovely French just, songstress just, Vanessa just, Paradis. Just, just move it on, move it on. Down <laughs> two at six, it's Taylor Dane. Tell it to my heart. Number five, it's miserable pig Morrissey with suede head. That man is a cunt. What a grumpy cunt he is. You know who I miss? You know who, who he based his whole act on but made a shit version of it? Alvin Stardust. Yeah, definitely. Remove he's the like a glove and everything. He's like a miserable cunt version of Alvin Stardust. <laughs> Listen, kids, if you're thinking of buying a Morrissey record, do yourself a favour and spend the money on one of Alvin's discs instead. You'll get ten times the joy out of them. Go down to Woolworths, you can get a, a reissue of his greatest hits on the Pickwick label, and it's only <laughs> about three ninety nine. Anyway, up five at four, Rick Astley together forever. At number three, Billy Ocean implores you to get out of his dreams and into his car. On his track, get out of my dreams, get into my car. That sounds uh, fairly sounds sinister. Very strange, you? very strange thing to say to anyone. Still at number two, bomb the bass with beat dis. And at number one this week, for the, well, for another week, I don't know. She was certainly there last week. I don't know how long she's been there altogether. But it's Kylie Minogue, a.k.a. Charlene, out of Neighbours, with I Should Be So Lucky. And that's the top 40. What a top 40. Quite quite a few big, memorable, era-defining tracks there, isn't there? Yeah. I mean, I remember 1988 sort of chart-wise as being a bit shit, really. So do I. I think um, of that as sort of peak Stock Aitken and Walkman period. Yeah. But there's all sorts going and on yeah, there, isn't it? And yeah, it was Kylie. That was Kylie's first single. I thought she'd got yeah. going a little bit earlier than that, but that was her first single and it went straight in, which got number one of her first record, didn't she? I remember she did. seeing her on the Top of the Pops rival that the ITV that ITV launched called The Roxy. The Roxy, which was and filmed in Newcastle at Tain T Studios, yeah. Pat, Pat and Mick were presenting it. Sadly, Pat Sharp yeah. and Mick, whatever his name is, can't remember, Mick Brown? Something like that, yeah. And I just, I was so into Neighbours, like, mm. I was really hooked on Neighbours at this age. I would have been, what, 13? 
I remember yeah. my mum used to get him from work and sometimes my daughter now, she gets really into shows and she will just start explaining in huge detail what's happened in the episode of the show she's just watched, even though mm. we don't watch it. But yeah. at least she kind of has it with a look in her face, like she, it's sort of ironic. She knows that we don't know or care, and she's sort of doing it a bit to antagonise us. <laughs> and it's sort of funny, right? Yeah. But I admitted to her the other day, I said, although it's boring when you start telling me about the fucking vampire diaries or... You're boring Ru- me, daughter. Europol's Ru- Ru- drag, drag race, right? I said, I've got to admit, my mum used to come in from work like, I'd get home and be in the house of my own, I'd just fucking sit there watching the Australian soaps, right? Wait for mm. my mum to come in and cook me my dinner. When are you going to be home and cooking me dinner? <laughs> Calling her at her office. And <laughs> I would be watching Neighbours, and Neighbours would be at 5.30 in the end about 6, and she'd mm. come in the door sometimes just as the titles were, end titles were going. And I remember vividly, she'd come in, she was probably... You, you can't really assess your parents properly until you yourself become an adult or a parent and yeah. look back, right? Yeah. And she probably came in fucking, like, quite a boring job, like, miserable, knackered. Do you know what I mean? Mm. She's just got to bus home. She's got to come in and cook dinner, mm. right? And she'd come in the door, and I'd just go, she'd go, hi. And I'd always go, without saying no, Neighbours was brilliant. <laughs> and, she, and then, before she even says, she'd go, oh, was it? And I'd go, yeah. So what happened was, Charlene... <laughs> She dropped out of school, but she got a job at the mechanics thing. Uh, but there was a misunderstanding between her and Scott, so they split up. But I think they're going to get that. And I would just fucking tell her what and happened. You'd you never believe it. You know, playing Jane's Superbrain, the one that's really yeah. ugly. Well, she guess really... what? She took off her glasses and brushed her hair. And she's gorgeous. <laughs> she's gorgeous. And fucking Mrs. Maggle can't fucking believe it. And then uh, <laughs> fucking Jim's had a weird... Then they, like, Br- Bouncers had a fucking weird dream, like he was on acid or something. That was a good <laughs> bit. Uh, anyway, I fucking loved Neighbours. And I just yeah. remember, I remember vividly, I remember being really excited that they'd said Kylie was going to be on the Roxy, right? Mm. And I was just fascinated because when she was in Neighbours, you never had her down as a sort of... um. Well, she played this tomboy character and she worked She was the girl next door, wasn't she? Yeah. Yeah, and she worked as a mechanic. She was always in overall. So you never... I mean, basically, Kylie Minogue, for a long period, became certainly the UK's, because she was based here, if not the world's sexiest person. Well, yeah. I right. mean, did you not fancy her when she was the mechanic in Neighbours? Not really. I didn't spot it. I wouldn't say I was yeah. like... You know, listen, I was 13. I probably fancied uh, fucking I was, Mrs. I was Mangle. 15. Yeah, I was 15 yeah. at this point. But like, what I mean is, at 13, I probably fancied every female on the show. But mm. uh, I wasn't... I wouldn't have marked her down as future sexiest human on Earth 10 no, years running. No, no, running. no, I could see that coming, no. And, sure. But I was really fascinated to see what her pop persona would be like. And I remember vividly Pat Sharp introducing her on the Roxy by going, Cripes, it's Charlene! Right? <laughs> and, Andy, when he said that, I laughed and laughed and laughed. I thought it was... <laughs> Hilarious. I thought, <laughs> fucking Pat Sharp, genius. <laughs> I don't know why. I thought it was so funny. I just thought, oh, Pat Sharp must watch Neighbours like what I do. We're all in on it. <laughs> um, well, everyone's been pissing themselves about this new Pat Sharp book that's out, asking us to deep dive it and stuff. It's basically, it's Pat Sharp's autobiography, mm. but it's been written as if he's put himself in the position of being involved in loads of events in history. 
Like Forrest Gump sort of history. And it just looks like a load of shit to me. Well, it's just I, a, I, that, that's a, that's a, like a comic conceit, which is fine, yeah. but not not you know it's a comic conceit. So what are we supposed to say about it? Yeah, exactly. If it was a straight, yeah. or genuine autobiography, there might be something in there. But no, yeah, we're not, in, we're not in the business of taking other people's sort of comedy and dissecting and analysing it. That's <clears> not our business, is it? Of course not. That's for cunts. Also, as well, I was kind of slightly older than the Pat Sharp era. Mm. And I just always assume that he's just an arsehole. He might not be. Might well, be he's, nice talent, he's a he's a che- he's very cheesy, you know. Yeah. In another era, it, you know, that was the era in which Capital became. Well, I say it became; it was already big, but Capital was really big, and I suppose people started tuning into it even outside of London. I'm not sure. Well, I don't think they did. The clue there is Capital. It was a London no. I know. Station. I know that. I know it's a London station, but How I you always tune thought- into it. Drive down I, to the M25 and just I, sit there. Uh, no, nah, I think you could get it. Oh, you couldn't get it on the internet. I don't no, know. No, you well, couldn't. Listen. No, you couldn't. All right, we had, fine. We had our local stations. We had Metro Radio up here. Yeah, but Capital. It's better. I'm just, oh, how do you know if you couldn't hear Capital? I used to drive down the M25 and have a listen. If I can get right to the M25 on the fringes of it and go, right, yeah. right, let's see if it's all it's fucking cracked up to be then. Put up here. <laughs> get the jump sandwiches out. And the right. flask of tea. Let's, let's have a see. listen. If this fucking bollocks Cockney radio is all it's right. cracked up to be. Well, Turn yeah, it on. Hi. Advert straight away. Advert for Madam Two Swords. The fuck's that like? <laughs> fucking waste of time when you could be playing records, man. <laughs> <laughs> now I've had enough. Turn the car round. <laughs> we may just got it. Took us six hours to get here. Yeah, I know. Well, that speaks volumes, doesn't it? Come on. <laughs> Jalapeño. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Jalapeño. Well, anyway, it, the Roxy was quite good, but it wasn't as good as Top of the Pots. Yeah, and place. where was the Roxy filmed? Newcastle. That's where. <laughs> but um, It was Pat decent. Mick, Pat, it wasn't Pat and Mick originally. It was some Irish fellow, wasn't it? Was it? Who presented it and some other cunt, I think. It wasn't An Pat Irish... and Mick originally. I and think here are your hosts, some Irish fella and some, <laughs> some other, other cunt. <laughs> That's what it was. But they brought in Pat and Mick eventually to try and salvage it. it, it up tanking. We yeah. need to inject some sex appeal. Get me Pat and Mick from Capital Radio. I'm not Radio. sure why it didn't work, because it was just Top of the Pops, but on ITV. And they had just well, as many sort of top acts as Top of the Pops had. I think that 
I think calling you know, it the Roxy was a big fucking mistake. That was a mistake. And I think that, you know, there, people in some ways think, oh, top of the box, I mean, what was there to it? You just got a studio, invited down all the bands, Point and the then just had, had, had a yeah. couple of cunts link it. But I think, you know, there was that bloke, Michael Hurl, who produced it and directed it for many years, mm. and he fucking treated it with, you know, he, he, he examined every episode forensically. And, right. you know, it was one of those programmes, I think, that it wasn't by chance that it became so popular. It was, you know, they were taking a simple concept very, very seriously. Yeah. And it, and if you ever see the shows where, and you listen to Michael Hurl in particular, I think they had a load of different people who, who were involved over the years, they just fucking put so much thought into what yeah. would generate the sort of atmosphere that they wanted. Because Top of the Pops... It was the atmosphere as much as the music as you tuned in for some Because some weeks yeah. they'd have bands that you didn't like, but you'd fucking be watching it anyway. Because I think that as a kid, you sort of felt like you were in an amazing disco that you were yeah, too yeah. young to ever have real access to. Of course, yeah. And I only realised quite recently that sometimes they'd have just, they'd show the clip from a couple of weeks before of a group that had been in the studio. Cheats, yeah. And they just showed it again. And I just always thought they'd just turned up again. I hadn't realised that they'd just, they just chopping and gluing it all together from old episodes and stuff yeah, like that. But yeah, yeah. Fucking go. easy. That's the, the naivety of youth, isn't but it? But I think maybe the the Roxy just didn't, they just didn't, maybe they maybe they thought it was too serious. They, they, no, they thought it was too easy. It was yeah, a re- well. originally presented by David Jensen. That's yeah. a good choice. Well, this oh, is it. David Jensen used to Top of the Pops, but he had moved to Capital by now. He knew what he was doing. Yeah. And the other cunt was called Kevin Sharkey. That's the Irish fella, yeah. Yeah. And he's, he's Irish, but he's mixed race. That's all right. That's allowed. Paul McGrath. No, I know him. I'm not saying it's not allowed. It's just... <laughs> he's just, just commenting on it. It just seems... I don't know. Maybe it isn't rare. I, maybe that's why it didn't work. <laughs> it was too much for. He was born in Dublin. Too much for that Britain. I can't get with that man. Is is he Irish or isn't he? <laughs> um, he sounds like a tourist, but he's, he's brown. He, I can't Irish, work it out. Irish artist, political activist, former television presenter, and actor. Oh. Do you know that he sought a nomination to run the 2018 Irish presidential election? Yeah, I did. I just read it on Wikipedia there a couple right. of seconds ago. I, I, I didn't read it on Wikipedia. I just knew it. All oh, right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird because it just says exactly what you've just said. Um, um, but this, the, yeah. the Roxy, yeah. And then it wasn't. It went disappeared for a few months. Uh, it only lasted 10 months. Yeah, yeah Michael Gray. It's a fucking car crash. <laughs> Listen. <Bring> it. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. But Mr. Creed, just give us, please, just give us a tip. Right, you've got two weeks to fix it. <laughs> we spent we spent five million pounds on the studio and the set and everything. I don't Fine. care. Fine, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. You'll have two weeks to fix the fucking shit show. I'll run repeats of Crossroads in the meantime. <laughs> Old episodes. No one will notice the difference. David, oh, yeah, comes just... back. I'll give you six weeks and do yourself a favour. Get Ditch, Jensen and Sharky and get fucking Pat and Mick. They're the new kids on the block. <laughs> I'll give you six weeks, but get this. It's actually only five. <laughs> You've been warned. <laughs> it's the way I operate. 
Ask around the industry. You'll hear the phrase, that's a Michael grade six weeks. Everyone knows what it means. It means five weeks. It's a fortnight. It's a doggy fucking dog industry, yeah? <laughs> and I'm the biggest fucking dog of them all. That's why my six weeks are shorter by a week than any other cunts. <laughs> it says there as well, by the end, some regional stations aired the programme around midnight. Oh, it just got oh, fucking... The death now. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm sure there's lots of it on YouTube. You can examine it and see why yeah, it wasn't Yeah, I'll probably have a look at it. Maybe we'll do a deep dive on it sometime. That'd be quite probably. funny. Deep dive to the rock scene. Um, maybe, maybe not. Get out of my dreams, get into my car. Was that a, was that a, was that off the soundtrack of something like Romance in the Stone? No, that was when the going gets tough, the tough get going. Oh, right. This was just a general... I think you try to replicate the, the title style of when the yeah. going gets tough, the tough get going. Yeah, he's going... I think the last song was a big hit, so I think if you have a long title where you repeat a phrase but slightly different... Yeah. It seems popular. But the last song, uh, the local inspiration was easy because it was from a film, so I just had to look at it, and it just <laughs> came to me very naturally. I just thought... Here's a film about Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner with Danny DeVito just on an adventure. Things often get tough, but yeah. they are tough, so they get going. So it's obvious. Uh, the song, it wrote itself. This time I start with a blank sheet of paper. So I came up with the concept of a man who was obsessing over <laughs> a woman to the extent that she haunted his dreams. And in the end, he couldn't take it anymore. So he decided to sort of try to bully her to get it's into not, his car. It's not kidnapping. It's it's, it's a grey area. It's lured her, I suppose, more than it's anything gray, else. It's a grey area between a date and a kidnap <clears throat> situation. And I don't think enough songs have been written about that grey area because I think that's probably familiar to a lot of couples. <laughs> so I want the video to be me playing the protagonist and... I'm sort of cruising along slowly next to a woman who's just trying to get home. She's just trying yeah. to go about her business. And I'm shouting. Room. I'm shouting out the window at her. Hey, get out of my dreams and into my car. <laughs> she won't get in, but I won't give up. <laughs> I don't I'm think insistent. we can do that, Billy. I don't think we can do that. How about if I play the woman as well in the video? Yeah. Well, then it be feels right. less weird. <laughs> uh. <laughs> well... It obviously didn't offend anyone in 1988 because it got to number three. Got to number three, yeah. But in between that and Kylie, of course, was Bomb the Bass and Big Dis, which is one yeah. of the one of the most exciting things I'd ever heard when it first came out. I first heard yeah. it on John Peel. Um, Peel played it first before it got out of the charts. I just think it, it was uh, sample culture, wasn't it? Which was just kind of breaking through at the time. It's full of samples, probably entirely constructed samples of other records oh yeah because this was the same era in which um, it was this year that Mars got to number one with Pump Up the Volume and S Express got to number one and they were all part of the same sort of vibe which were heavily sampled songs from the nascent rave um, movement that was going on which we talked about recently but I think on one of our other Patreon mm-hmm. episodes, I'm not sure. And this, this was kind of when people were just sampling loads of other records before they realised they were going to have to fucking cough up. Yeah. Before music publishers cottoned on and lawsuits started flying around, stuff like that. So they didn't make much money out of those songs, still to this Probably day. Probably not of that one. Probably not that one, no. Because yeah. at the KLF, did their, um, they were the Justified Ancients of Moomoo as well. 
yeah. first in about 1988, and they did an album which was just had bits of ABBA and the Beatles and all sorts in it. Yeah. And they got they had to take it off sale because ABBA. Abba's lawyers came down on them like a ton of bricks. Do you think that, like, because podcasting is still, in relative terms, the Wild West, where regulation has not yet caught up with the mm. content, um, we should think about sampling more other podcasts other on podcasts. this podcast. We could do, couldn't we? Yeah. Like having little snatches of dialogue from, for instance, it's Jesse no Ware's Table Manners. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or Radio 4's Comedy Hour. Yeah. Podcast. Um, my, my old man's a porno. Drop bits of yeah. that in. My old man's a porno, exactly. Just little bits, sna- snatches yeah. of great podcasting here and there. Just to take what we're doing and just take it to a new level. Take it to a just new do level. It really cleverly, yeah. Um, but yeah, like uh, Sean Ryder, the, the Happy Mondays don't make any money out of Step On, which is their biggest ever hit. Because right. it all fucking goes to the geezer... Um, who was it? I think it's the guy from the Trogs. Oh, they didn't um, write it. They, they didn't write that one. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's it. That's why, yeah. What was the one? There is it a one that's the, that goes to the Trogs, though. What is it? Who wrote Step On, though? John Basically, Congolos. Yeah, all right. It's, are you not thinking of the verb and a, a bit of Sweet Symphony, where it all goes to... Oh, that's to, the Stones, um, yeah. The, the guy who's the, the manager of the Stones, it? yeah. Well, it's, well it's Andrew a, Lou Golden. Yeah, it all goes to him. What? Because he it wasn't an actual... Yeah, it wasn't actually a Stones recording that was sampled. It was uh, an orchestral version of... I can't remember which Stones song it was, but he put out an album of orchestral versions of the Stones hits and they lifted it from that. So it's not even the Stones that get it, I don't think. Lou Goldham gets it all because he was listed as the composer or something like that. Fuck you This now. is an interesting well. piece of podcast. I might just drop a bit of my old man's a porno in at this point and liven things up. The, the safe, safe house. house. Des, Des Martin, Martin. Ken, Ken Dewsbury, Paddy O'Hallon, Jim, Jim Thompson, Thompson <laughs> Dave Wilberforce, Elf the Lady 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 it goes yeah, back to our old thing that we used to talk about a lot about how much we found facts annoying. Um, <laughs> yeah. and we're almost borderline getting into facts here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I said to my wife the other day that I reckon anyone who opened a, um, a statement or an anecdote with the phrase, this is interesting, you always nailed on it won't be interesting. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, the, that's the fucking cast iron sign that what you're about to hear will be boring. Because mm. someone has just said it's interesting. Because they're having to try and sell it to you before they tell you it. Yeah. It's like when... Uh, another, thing, up. another thing that we've said before is that people who announce themselves to have a very dry sense of humour mm. have no sense of humour. And yeah. people who say that their sense of humour is very sarcastic always, without fail, fundamentally don't understand what, sar- what the word sarcasm means. Well, that's it. I mean, anyone that pegs any kind of sense of humour onto themselves generally hasn't got one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm the office joker. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, they all say that. The, the thing about me is, uh, you know, I've got a very dry sense of humour. You have to tune into it and pick up on it. It's a, there's, there's an intelligence to it that not everyone gets. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking see, cunt. <laughs> 
Oh, talking of cunt, I should probably have said this on our Friday free to air episode. Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah, I'll leave it. No, go on, talking mention about. it. Well, on the Instagram, I saw a picture. I follow um, birds of Instagram, not birds as in ladies. I mean, actual fucking birds with wings. And I seen this picture. <laughs> oh, this of... is disappointing. It's factual fucking birds. Ah, uh, well, I followed it. Now I can't be bothered unfollowing. I don't know I how you do this... it. Sometimes you see some lovely birds, and it cheers your day up. The other day I saw a picture of a fucking kestrel and it was walking on its hind legs, right? Wow. Like upright and it was fucking bowl. It was strutting along, right? Looking like kestrels look, which is mean. Like don't You see hind legs. How many legs have kestrels got? Um, I think they've got four, haven't they? Have they? (laughs) Well, what I mean is it was was walking upright, yeah? (laughs) I'm just Fucking... googling kestrel number of legs. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I don't even know if it was a kestrel. I'm guessing it's got kestrel number of eggs. It was a bird. Oh, it was a bird of prey. Anyway, check yeah. out the, in- the top right time machine Instagram. It was walking upright, like it thought it was a geezer. Right, right? yeah. And it had an intimidating walk about it. Yeah, two and legs. And so yeah. I posted it, and I just wrote underneath, "All right, cunts," because I thought <laughs> that is a classic "All right, cunts" picture. Everything uh. about his persona is "All right, cunts." Yeah. And then it made me think also about you'd posted a really funny picture of Joe Biden's cousin living in the UK. Oh, they discovered him, yeah. Yeah, and I, I think you wrote underneath something like, "What took you so long, dickheads?" But it could have also easily fallen into the all right cunts category of picture. So yeah. what I thought was I would really like to start as a new thing for uh, along the lines of TTFN dickheads, which were pictures or examples of people leaving somewhere in a cocksure manner. Right. right. I want to now get cunters to send us examples of the opposite, which is people walking in, uh, <laughs> arriving, announcing themselves somewhere. In, in a cocksure manner. And yeah. we're going to call this hashtag alright cunts. So just okay. send us your alright cunts pictures or okay. stories or just examples from history or cinema. Anyone saying alright cunts? Just anything that fits with the line. Yeah. Alright cunts. Yeah. <laughs> you okay. know what we mean. Yeah. We will add that into the Monday episode as well because no one's going to hear yeah. us. No, we're not here. But we'll, yeah, we'll stick it in because it's a good one. It's it a good is. one. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, what we'll leave we it the there because we've oh, already okay. just scratched the surface of this chart. We're up to number three, so there's still 37 other songs to look at in it. We'll try and be a bit more uh, brief next time. Mm. But there you go, that's it from this one. Yeah, happy listening. It. Happy listening. Yeah. That's my yeah, new clothesline. Is it? <laughs> nah. See you later, cuds. See ya. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. 
you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.